Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Dude, good, man. Every day is a holiday on the podcast. You're darn right it is. Dude, every day is a holiday not at football camp, I think. No, definitely not. Badges are in (laughs) camp, so we are... Coming at you to talk about camp. Uh, but before we do that, want to remind you that we are, in fact, present brought to you and presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Uh, BetOnline is your place to find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, golf, College football, which we are going to be talking about. They continue to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over today or use your mobile device to make your first deposit. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's bleav five zero to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Burn the season starts at camp. Let's, let's face it, all the off-season workouts, they're nothing until... They're nothing once you get to camp. So we're going to talk camp today. Badgers have started. And first of all, let's talk about the seminary. Because the, the kids these days, they just they don't kids have to deal days. with... They, they don't know what hardship is. You know, you don't know what going somewhere that feels like an island is. Literally... You're on an island and you can't do anything but play football. But I can't wait to sum it up what the seminary is like. But here's the best part: we were, you know, you always work out before the the off season lift schedule. I mean, not off season. The summer lift schedule is very hard. You know, preparing for the preparing for the season to start. You're running. You're running stadiums. You're doing things that are really brutal. Like just they're very hard. All to play football games. Like that's the best part is Saturdays. You got like, I think JD at one point was like, I'm going to give you guys one day off. So everyone went home. Like everyone's like, I got to go three days home or two days home and try to uh, just enjoy, you know, like whatever you could do. Um, And that was such a nice time to just go home for like three days, not think about football 
you, I mean, I didn't do anything. I just sat around and hung out with my family knowing that, you know, coming up here was 18 days at the seminary. I remember 18 days because I'm like, this is like three weeks. But it wasn't. But it was. But it was. But it was. So what I mean, we've talked about the seminary a lot here on this podcast. We like obviously some of my favorite stories that we've had from our guests include the seminary. Um, but so but I still have I still have more questions. I always want to know more about the seminary, especially because I couldn't, you know, I didn't get to experience it myself. Was it tougher physically or mentally? Oh man, I, I think it was tougher physically. Okay. I mean, my first year was mentally and physically tough because I didn't know what I was doing. Dude, you get on a bus from the, I think from the, no, from the region because that's where we were living with all of your stuff. I had two duffel bags. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have, I don't know, like a bed. Like, you know, the region has everything. So I show, we get on this bus with all your stuff. You go to camp. This is my freshman year, which I think is the worst because you don't know what to expect. Bob Doherty is my roommate. Literally all of our stuff is in one room. It's not a huge room. We sleeping in like these small twin beds. There's no air conditioning. So you don't know. You didn't like, I didn't know this at the beginning. So they're like, bring fans. What what kind of fan? A box fan? Like a little desk fan? So you, you show up, you have nothing. You're not prepared. Literally no doors on the bathroom. So every morning Bob would wake up looking at me going to the bathroom. It was very uncomfortable. The whole entire setup. That might be too much information, but it happened every morning. Um, and then, you know, they give you a, a literally a book with every hour of your day planned. So it says six o'clock, wake up, you know, breakfast, tape at 645, even says weigh in somewhere in there. And then it's like practice. Which you skipped. Which we know. I mean, you had to walk by it. They had the way the, the guy was there weighing on those stairs down. Oh, so you're like, you had to walk by him. So my first year, my first couple of years, you know, I, I was, you know, I was a company man. I was like, yeah, I'll step on the scale. And then after I started playing and like seeing that I didn't have to listen to every single thing. It wasn't like coach Alvarez was telling me to do it. You know, if he was like, burn, you got to get way in every day. I'd be like, yeah, I'll definitely do it. But if, if it wasn't coming from that high up, then I wasn't doing it. Um, but my, I'm telling you, man, it, it's weird. You know, you don't know anyone your freshman year. It's it's just completely wackaloon. I also think these guys have social media. They think they know people better than what we used to in 2001 when I basically showed up without a cell phone too. So, like, I, they didn't have phones there. Like, I was literally on an island. See your parents. I'll call you in two, th literally three weeks. Like, that's what it was. I did not have a cell phone until the September of 2001. So wow. camp. Yes. That's yes. Very serious. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And you're learning the place and you're trying to meet people and make friends. It's like, you're doing everything all at once. For me, it didn't go over well for Jimmy Leonard. It went really well. The dude was a stud right off the bat. Um, some of us took a year to mature and he just, he just got it. Um, was it? It's uh, AD has a funny story about uh, um, Eric Bickerstaff that year at camp. I don't know if he didn't tell it, did he? No. And he goes, uh, he goes, AD man, AD. See, he actually talked like Mike Tyson. I actually just spoke with him. He's pretty, pretty interesting. He's like, yo, this guy Leonhard, really good man. He's he'll potentially start Leonhard. 
AD's like, who the heck are you talking about? And he's like, oh, Jimmy Leonard? Yeah, the dude is amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, just these stupid little stories literally got you through camp. And just to be around, you know, my favorite part about camp is you have 100 and when how many people they went to camp? 75-person play date every day playing the sport you love, although it's grueling and grinding. But every day I ate lunch and breakfast and dinner with Anthony Davis, you know, and Greg Root and guys that, like, I'm in love with to this day. So, you know, like, there are some positives and some big-time perks. But the first two years, that was, like, when the NCAA really didn't care about people. And they're like, oh, you can do two-a-days, two days in a row. So we would do Monday, two-a-days, Tuesday, two-a-days. With with working out, like lifting and doing other stuff. And then Wednesday was a get on the bus day. We're going four hours because it was one practice and being at the stadium in like a full scrimmage, goal line, the whole nine. And then that was the only time we had like an afternoon off or if we really weren't doing well, we'd put on like spider pads and go. Work. It was pretty brutal. Um <laughs> It's just that they could now then they did it like you can't do two two days in a row. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, the weekends we still did like one practice in the mornings or at some point during the day, but it was a little more relaxed. But think about 18 full days, like somewhere without a cell phone, without a computer, no way to get in touch with anyone. I didn't know anyone. So what are you doing Saturday afternoon then? If you just have practice Saturday morning or do you have to stay on the grounds of the seminary? I assume. So we were allowed to leave okay. for a piece of time. You had to be back by, I think, 10 o'clock on Saturday. Okay. But but I'm not sure. Like, they didn't let you out at, like, a reasonable time on purpose. Yeah, of course. Right? It wasn't like. They're not trying to let you go move. get it in. Like, they're, they're, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you put. I'm, I'm sure guys did a lot more things than I did. Yeah. I'm sure. I went to Qdoba with the nine or seven dollars they gave you to leave because we had some per diem because you weren't eating the food at the at the seminary so mm -hmm. you got to get 10 bucks or whatever go to qdoba crush it and then see like a 6 30 movie because there's ac in the movie theater and marcus cinemas is literally a block away so we go to a movie and then just get in the car and either if we had 20 30 minutes you'd stop and get snacks but they didn't allow snacks in your room so it was like you had to eat them all by the time you got there. So many rules. Um, you could only eat in the and, – and, you know, you the seminary is a beautiful place, like, without football camps. So you didn't want to mess it up there. Yeah. Um, but, dude, those, those times are wild. Like, it didn't even matter what movie it was because you could only see a movie probably at 7 o'clock or earlier mm -hmm. just so you weren't late. Like you, if you were late, you were you were dead meat, and I don't think was it worse to be late to come back to seminary or to be late for a lift with JD. I <laughs> I don't think there's any time in the Alvarez regime that you should have if you thought that there was any better time to be late. <laughs> I don't think there was any time if he was in the meeting room and you were late, that was your dead meat. Like you yeah. just had a target. You're, you're, you you. You know, it was like, I saw a lot of guys like, hey, go see JD after this. Like, he didn't even have to do anything. Oh, so we don't have to go down. We're going, get into negative. Um, but, uh, yeah, camp was like full speed all day. Get taped. You know, like, there was some, like, after practice, they had a pool off of the gym. The gym was our locker room. They put down like a, 
some kind of mat that mm-hmm. you could walk on with cleats. And then everyone would be in their in their ruds or their spandex jumping in the pools, like this big pool that they definitely didn't heat, and nobody cared. And we would jump in. Sometimes they'd have troughs for yep. uh, uh, ice baths. Ice bath, yep. So we'd jump in that. But you didn't have a lot of time because every, every practice was filmed. Every segment of the practice was filmed. And your coach could tell you know the, the, the tech people like what, what he wanted to see. We never watched individual unless it was something like with somebody else. So that usually you knew you, you, didn't, you weren't going to watch. You definitely went from – so the problem was you went from practice at 7.30 or whatever time. It was very early to meeting to watch the film, which I hated because I wanted lunch. I was starving. And then you'd watch an hour, an hour and 15, hour and a half film, depending on whatever time you know coach wanted to let you out. And then you had um, lunch, and you literally, I would eat as fast as possible because then you knew at 2.15 you had to be up again. So, so basically what you're saying 12, is nothing has changed in 20 years. No. Oh, my God. When we went from – this is my favorite. When we went from the seminary for four years and then my last camp was at Camp Randall – the locker room had 20 air mattresses and people just sleeping there. Literally, my my apartment might have been seven minutes on a scooter away, mm-hmm. and people were like, I will not take that time. That's like the 15 minutes right there. That's 15 minutes 15 at least minutes probably 20 once you're like settled. Yeah, it's, no, why? you need that 20 minutes to sleep, dude. Probably slept in a room. It, 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 I don't even know what it's like. Maybe a barracks and like a, like a military, but it was like, 60 people sleeping on the floor and it's not comfortable that it's, on either it's the floor. unfortunately like that that's like if a like a tornado shelter basically if like, it's a tornado shelter no seriously like like, like a large yeah, scale really like was. tornado shelter or like that we're that. like turn the lights off turn yeah the, and all the lights were off tvs were off no one's watching i mean and i'm sure with the air conditioning hours. though and considering how tired you are like i'm sure it feels incredible like incredible. it's probably some I of the mean, deepest sleep you've ever got you know, this is a time, and I, I don't even like reflect on it. But like, you didn't scroll. Like, there was nothing. My phone was a flip phone. Like, there's nothing have to scroll. To do. Right. So, so the only thing you could probably do is play Snake. Like, how long could you do that for? So really, like, when you lay down, you lay down, and like, didn't think of anything else. Um, that was a weird camp because you drove home at the end of the day, which I thought was, you know, I thought was different. I. I can't. I, I actually think the seminary just brings you together, like camp and being in the the suck is really what it. I mean, it's it does really kind of oh, everyone's there together doing it, and yeah. it's terrible. But you're with the guys that you really love. It's you're they're your best friends. So when I'm looking at AD and he's smiling, I'm smiling. It's like, you know, like how much could this really be bad? And then you go into inside drill and you have a headache, but for the rest of the day. What? Sure is- so at night, like yeah. after you guys have eaten dinner and stuff like that, do you have like film or anything after dinner? And then do you guys ever get a chance to like play cards or anything like that? Matt Perkins, you do have like a, so you do have, so, okay. So after the second practice, you watch film, yep. you have dinner. Then it's, I think it was right around. I wish I had this. You would be disgusted at what this like built out day looked like. Um, at seven o'clock or seven fifteen or seven thirty, right around there, we'd have a team meeting in an or in the auditorium. Coach Alvarez would speak. Sometimes he brought in Kenny Dichter from um, Wheels Up one year to talk to us. 
I met Rudy once. Rudy was there because Alvy was at yep, uh, Notre, Dame, Notre yep. Dame. So like we brought some guys in that was really fun to see and do. But I literally think, and this is what my high school coach did. It's like you got to kill some time. Like we don't want these dudes to be just on their own, thinking their own, thinking their own things, right? Like this is regimented, which I kind of enjoyed. Till you know, I met Rudy, and then this is nuts. Rudy was at my graduate school. He's speaker. And so nobody walked up and shook his hand after my graduate school. I got my diploma from graduate and walked right up to him and shook it. I was like, dude, I met you at the seminary with Coach Alvarez in 2003 or whatever. I was like, it's so good to see you again. Thank you. So bizarre. But, like, if I didn't have that experience, I would have never done that. Um, And that was at camp. My favorite – doing a lot of talking here, Matt. I'm getting lightheaded. My favorite – one of my favorite memories is they brought in a hypnotist. This is my freshman year. So I was scared, you know, scared to do anything in front of these dudes because I didn't know any, you know, it's like Grice and Nick Grison's there and Bryson Thompson, you know, Brooks, you got Herb, uh, Herbs was there. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to mess with, you know, Al Johnson, you had Ben Johnson, you had Nick Davis. It's a solid group of dudes. Um, and I literally was like, I don't want to mess this. Wendell Bryant. Like, I'm like, I cannot make a fool of myself. So I didn't go up there. Everyone else who went up there, I'm like, there's no way these people can get hypnotized. It was the, it was outrageously funny. Like, there, the, guy, the person was like, um, you're on a plane that's crashing. People grabbed the armrest and were like, no. Nah! And we're sitting there. We couldn't stop hysterically laughing for an hour straight. Um so yes, we always had a team meeting. Usually you'd watch some film afterwards. Like you I think you'd watch something or whenever the team meeting, sometimes they'd be like, "All right, you know, lights out at 10 o'clock. But what do you do at 8:30 after a full day of, you know, being up at six o'clock in the morning and practicing and watching film? Like, you know how hard it was to stay awake watching film? Like people were standing up so they wouldn't fall asleep. Because those were the rooms that were air conditioned. Yep. So those rooms felt great. All the other rooms did not feel good. Um, so, so you know, and as you become an upperclassman, you, know, you start figuring things out. I, my last year, I brought a TV, my Xbox, three fans. I think that's it. And like Tiger Woods golf. And that's all I did. And some DVDs because the Xbox would play DVDs. So really, like my downtime was really nice. Because I could just, you know, be like, hey, Zach Hampton, you want to play some Tiger Woods golf? And we'd play. So the, the downtime was nice. When you become an upperclassman, you're like, you know, you know what's going on and you're not, you know, freaking out about impressing people or not getting hazed or, I don't know, everything. Practice, like weighing in, eating correctly so you don't throw up at practice, trying to get through each practice and not pass out from the heat. Another fun day is they would bring in the, the gridiron club. Mm-hmm. So like they'd come and watch, and it was really nice. I'm sure for them it was great. For us, you just like watching a people party and have a barbecue <laughs> while you're like, sweating. It. So I, just, I mean, as I res- I wish I could do it now. As I like think about it, I'm like this was the most. It was very annoying to be on the field when there's like a barbecue and like a, a nice day party going on. Yeah, but uh, so I feel for these kids. Um, what they're doing now, I just don't think that it's even comparative to 
kind of the hard – I don't say it's not hard, but I feel like they're not doing inside drill. You know, and we did it twice a day. Um, I don't know if they go full pack and do like a full scrimmage. We did it twice a week. Um, so I'm not comparing, I guess, you know, how hard it is. I'm sure I've seen it. I've been to practice. Their practice is, is way more intense yeah. than I think what ours is. Um, no one's really standing around for more than 20 seconds. It's actually really impressive. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't watched the camp yet. I just see that it came out, I think, yesterday, the day before, sometime maybe this week. I'm pumped to see what they look like. You know, granted, we were talking about this before, that it's all cut-ups and how good we are doing. You know, it's not like you're sitting at practice and you're you're in it and hearing and seeing, you know, mistakes being made, which which mistakes are important, right? You you then you learn from them. Um, but listen, you know, from what I have seen and from the cutups, it looks like Mertz is being a leader, which I think is super important. He looks confident. I don't think he's ever not like looked confident. Um, but man, I, I don't know, man. Camp once camp starts. Like it gets me super pumped. What are you pumped about for this year? Like, what is, what are you most excited about? What what do you want to learn this year in camp? You know, I I think this year is a little unknown, right? Like, we had the best defense in the world last year. We have a lot of guys who could step up and fill those shoes. I think Jimmy's the leader. Anything's possible. I think they can be number one for a long time. They could be like the Yankees. You know, like they can be one forever. I'm really interested and excited to see what the line is like this year. Offensive? I think Yeah. Okay. So those, so what what I mean what what are you excited like what specifically because we know what the left side of the line is going to look like. It's going to be it's going to be Nelson Beach um Tipman left tackle through center. Like we know what that's going to look like. So obviously it's the right side of the line. It's kind of four it sounds like it's four guys for two spots basically. Listen, competition's good. Yep. Right? Like, that breeds a, one competitive nature, and it's going to make somebody work harder than the other people. Mm -hmm. I, or they're all going to work the same, but someone's going to shine brighter, right? Um, I'm just excited because I think Bostad's going to get them right. And I think that's how we win games this year is in the trench. I mean, obviously, it's in the trenches, but last year we didn't win every every time on offense in the on the line, and I think that's the most important aspect is the O-line. Because um, I think our defense is going to hold teams to less than two touchdowns, right? Like, how much more can you ask of them? Um, we have to score. I think Braylon Allen, like, the guy's not going to get worse, and he's already I certainly one hope of the not. best players. I certainly hope he doesn't get worse. There's no way from all the stuff you saw on the social media, the dude is uh, a monster. Don't believe everything you see on social media, Burn. I'm sorry to be the one to tell. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that. I know you know you made it somehow. You made it to 22, 2022, believing everything you read on the internet. I hate to be the guy to break Whoa. it to you. It's not all real. It's a little bit one sided. It's a little it bit, is, you know, I don't, is. unfortunately, people just don't put everything out there. They just tend to put the good out there. Or if they're trying to throw shade at someone, they just put the bad out there. The truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. I'm sorry to be yes. the, uh, the best However, one. when it comes to Badger football and the players, I'm cool with believing everything I see. I don't believe everything like the <laughs> news and media, but I believe when, like, you know, Brown Allen's, whatever he's doing, squatting 600 pounds, I'm like, I can see it. He's doing it. That's true. Or whoever's doing all this, That's these, true. these monster weights. Oh, another funny thing is I just took a sip of water. Water breaks were not counted in practice time. So they would 
pause the machines, yep. the counters, and you'd have a five-minute water break that wasn't counted. I think the NCAA at some point is like, you have to count that. And they're like, but you can add more time on. Also, so like the stupidest thing but ever. Did they also just like reset the machines on you too at some points? Like when you guys were doing, when you guys were messing up? Yeah, Barry wasn't happy. Like practice had to be restarted. That was the, the it didn't happen a lot, but that was probably the most ruthless thing you could do at camp. Yeah. You could get, get me up at five o'clock in the morning, but to do literally in, uh, what do we call it? Um, individual again, wasn't that hard, but I even think some, I even think sometimes you look at the coaches and they're like, Oh God, it's hot out there. Like, I don't think anyone really wants to be out there. That might've been the hardest thing that and the game room getting, you know, taken down overnight was pretty, pretty tough to be a part of. Um, yeah, dude, I'm like, I'm excited to see what the, the wide receivers look like this year. I think it's Graham Mertz's, you know, it's a big year for that guy. So in, in that case, it's about, for me, it's about the Bobby Ingram and the new offense and how much of Paul Christ's DNA is in it and how much of Bobby Ingram's DNA is in it and how much leeway is Ingram going to get to call plays. Because even when Joe Rudolph was the OC, we knew Chris was still pretty much calling plays and stuff like that. So will Will Bobby Ingram get the chance to really put his stamp on the offense? Because in my opinion, that is the only way that Graham Mertz is going to grow is if he has a chance to, you know, work with Bobby Ingram and be, you know, be the, you know, be the guy on the field with a new system because what we saw last year didn't work. Now I said all along that was in large part due to the poor offensive line play. Like you said, with Bostad, they're going to be way better. I think they're going to be way better this year. I think that Jack Nelson will turn into an all-conference left tackle. I think that Tippmann still, along with John Michael Schmitz and uh, the transfer from Virginia, who's at Michigan now, one of the three best centers, at least in the Big Ten, if not the country. And then on top of that, you know, I think Beach is a much better fit at left guard. But if it's it's going to be Fertney or Bordellini probably at right guard with with Brown or Bordellini or even Riley Malman, the redshirt freshman, he was apparently running with the ones on the first day of camp. So that would be really interesting as well. You're right. Offensive line is a fascinating position for me. I'm also curious about the health of the running backs behind Braylon Allen. Is Ches Malusi, Isaac Garendo going to come back full, you know, full strength from injury and, can Julius Davis, you know, he showed a couple flashes last year. Can he take, you know, another step forward and potentially be an option? How do you feel about the running backs burn to your position? I, I mean, I, I love them. There was a post that uh, Wisconsin football put out that we should all not believe now if you're uh, talking to Matt Perkins, but it says our running room, our running back room is stacked. I mean, they from, are, from they are when the everyone's August healthy, day, when everyone's ago. healthy, but the question I completely is, agree. is everyone healthy? I listen, I don't know, but people are pumped. The, all the comments are people are very excited. Well, let, so, let, and, speaking and, of and running back, I am too. Speaking of running backs, Burn, they have a new coach, Al Johnson, who you played with. Listen, I, I'm excited. The guy, he he's eager. You yeah. know, he wants first of all, if you're going into a room that has proven people who are very good. So you're gonna learn a lot from them. You don't have to come in and, and you're not going to change up a lot of things. You don't need to 
you know, put your culture into this room. This room has been cultured for two, three decades almost, right? From like Brent Moss, I don't, or right before him till now. So I think that 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 chip and that culture is in the room, and you know, the swag is there. I think really all you have to do is just just get them physically ready to play, hit them with some mental here and there. But like, you know, these guys can see it; they're going to know what to do. Um, just get them. Maybe if there's something new in in the playbook that um, that uh, Ingram puts in, like just to get them up to speed. But you know, really, I, I think they're these guys are all gems to me. You know, like they're already proven that they can do it. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that Braylon can become more of a, a three down, four down back. I mean, he is a he's a four down back, but maybe not third down, right? So I think for him and his stock would be to catch some footballs, and I think it would help our offense. I, you know, I, he's not I, you just know, running. They've talked about water getting... break. <laughs> well, I will keep the clock running during your water break <laughs> because they've talked because Braylon has also talked about how much he you know he wants to get more involved in the passing game. We saw. As Jonathan Taylor got older, he got more involved in the passing game. Um, I think even, uh, obviously, the guy that he reminds both of us of most, John Clay, he got more involved in the passing game as his career went on. John was never a big receiving threat, but, um, you know, he still could well, do he it. Well, he was a huge receiving Well, he was huge, threat. but, he, you know, he was he put the big in big receiving threat. Big I don't know play. about the receiving in the re- big receiving threat. Sure, sure. So, big and, thre- big and threat, yes. Yeah. Receiving you know, I'm I'm looking for a guy who is like the the not the hatchet guy. What do they call him? Like the Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Who like Brady Shipper was last yeah, year. Yeah, like Brady Shipper. Yeah. Yeah. So like he could pet, he could catch balls out of the backfield. He could block. You know, take on blitzers and 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 chip on the ends. And he could run the football when he needed to. But I think you need a guy like that who can do all those things, like Groshek, right? Like guys who can basically. If you need someone and you trust them, beyond See, I, th- I think Malusi is perfect for that role. I, th- I think that's I think that's where Malusi shines. I think if you, you if Allen is getting sixty five to seventy percent of the carries or sixty percent of the snaps, and Malusi is getting thirty percent, thirty five percent of them, I think that's a really nice split, right? Because you want Braylon to be the bell cow, but Malusi has shown that he can do a lot of different things, and I think he is a solid receiving option. We know that Garendo can be a receiving option. He was a wide receiver in high school before coming to UW to, and, and switching over to tailback. He's the fastest guy in college football. Literally, he was clocked as the fastest player in college football last year. And you know, so, so that that's interesting to me to see if they can keep all those guys healthy and get them going. The other interesting thing is fullback Jackson Acker slides down from tailback last year where he got a little action. I think it was against Rutgers mostly. Um, he and Riley Nowakowski will be taking over the fullback position, but Acker brings a ton of upside to the fullback. I think he's, you know, with with, with obviously all due respect to John Chanal um, and some of the other guys who've played since Alec Ingold, Jackson Acker is the most athletic fullback since Alec Ingold, and he is someone who, you know, they talked about even coming out of high school, he could be used as sort of like an H-back almost, and, and I, th- I think he's going to be fantastic here, and it'll get him involved in the offense more, and I think we could see the uh, Bernie's favorite thing, some dynamic fullback play. 
You know, I think... Where I else are you getting dynamic that, fullback play talk besides Wisconsin football? Well, maybe Iowa. Really but, nowhere, but that's... Maybe, maybe you know, Iowa. It, Army. Yeah, maybe, well, but completely different. Like, Army, the guy just runs full speed and gets crushed, like, pretty much 90% of the plays. You know, I think it's important. I think it's important that we have this package. We, one, we've always had it, um, but I think it forces defenses. I think we it forces defenses to be in a package that we know they're going to be in. Mostly base is what you see when you have um, a fullback in. It's mostly there's nothing abnormal about what you're doing. Some people might walk down a, a linebacker or a strong safety, but realistically, it's a three-four. It's a four-three. Like you're not getting into dime packages, you're not getting into nickel, you're not doing anything that's different than what we know you're going to be in. I think you can attack that. You know, you can attack that. What's behind you? Is it is it man? Is there one free? Like you know what that is. That's easy. Also, it, it gives you protection, right? You have seven guys now who can protect even eight if you wanted to just do like two routes with the t- you know the tight ends. But there's max protect protection in in, in that in that formation. Now, if you start, these guys are athletic and can catch, and they're good outlets. It's a whole new ball game, and Mertz, to me, Mertz needs to use these guys, right? Like, if don't force it, dude. Throw it to Chess. Throw it to Braylon for three yards, four yards. Let them. First off, you're getting another touch. I want to go back to what you said. I actually think for the first three games, no matter what, Braylon should almost. It should be like one third each guy. Like, like let them get a little juiced up. But dude. Braylon Allen's going to probably carry the ball 50 times against Ohio State, depending what happens. You know, I don't want to kill him is what I'm saying. Like, I want I don't want him to just I feel that. I feel that as as someone who wants Braylon for Heisman, though, he's going to need to put up some big numbers in those first couple games. But you know what? Maybe on 14 carries, he's getting 180 yards and three touchdowns because with him, that's very possible. It's very possible. It's very possible. You're right. If you if we want him to go, it's like going to the playoffs, like. We need to win by 60 points then against everybody to mm-hmm. go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I want him to be the Heisman Trophy winner, but I also want him to play in the NFL and not be a, That's true. a piece of pulp at the end. That's true. But, um, I mean, you know, so, J- JT was able to do it. JT was able to do it, but he also had some huge plays. Like, he he didn't get – he got the ball a lot, but he also didn't get touched a lot. No, he did so. not get it because he was faster than everyone. Because he was faster, right? So, you know, it's funny. My coach used to say, never run out of bounds. So if you ever see me on the sidelines, like, lowering the shoulder into dudes running full speed, looking back, was I trying to be a man? Yes. Yes. Was I a man? Yes. Was I a humongous gorilla? For sure. Is that the smartest thing to do? No. Run out of bounds and don't get hit. So, I don't know, Burn, I don't know if you saw it or the listeners saw it uh, this past week. Uh, Clint and I have been doing our weekly recruiting uh, chats and videos over on Badger Blitz TV on YouTube. Make sure to check those out. But we were able to integrate uh, like li- uh, like highlights, like live highlights into the show this past week. And he was, was doing live analysis. And there's a kid who's a rising junior this year at Catholic Memorial in Waukesha named Corey Smith. And he's a tailback. He's a four-star recruit. He's being recruited by Wisconsin, Notre Dame, like Penn State, all, all like the big programs. And he's super fast, but there is one clip on it where he just lowers his shoulder on a dude, keeps going, and scores a touchdown. And when it happens in the clip, both Clint and I, live on the show, go, oh. like, And it's just yeah. because it feels, well, at this point in time, it feels like a throwback. You don't see a lot of kids lowering the shoulder 
and and because they're all going out of bounds, which probably for their long-term health might be the correct thing. But on the football field, you got to admit, not only does it look good, but it feels good to truck stick someone. It, no, right. It doesn't mean, listen, not every time you're not running out of bounds doesn't mean you're trucking somebody else. You know, there was a good amount of time where that hit is either 50% shared or, yeah, you truck somebody or they, they get you. Our coach always said, you know, he never said put put the ball in two hands. He said always have it in high and tight in one and use your other arm to be violent, to punch, to rip. Yeah, use it as a um, weapon. Uh, use it as a weapon. So that in my mind, first off, I was a knucklehead in, in college. And I, my, I, I literally was a meathead, my, and I still pretty much am. My mindset was if I have the ball and someone's coming, to, you know, I'm going to lay the wood. every. T- I want you in the fourth quarter to be like, I cannot hit this dude again. Like, and I weighed enough. And I think my mentality was crazy enough to be like, dude, I'm 268 pounds. I'm almost is if it's not a D lineman who weighs 350, like that guy might not, I'll lower the wood on that guy, but it's going to hurt. You just knew that was going to hurt. But if it's a linebacker, it was like 240. I'm like, th- I'm already winning this battle. Well, and on and top of that, like face. for your size, you move really well. And it's not just weight, it's weight oh, plus speed, you. right? So even on that 350 pound dude, if he's just standing still and you have a full head of steam, you're going to knock the crap out of him. There was a play we did against Iowa my second year that we cracked on the nose guard. We didn't block him and cracked on him. That play in practice worked every time. We went to Iowa, it worked the first time, and it sucked the first time. And then that dude knew the second that he was unblocked, he just turned and, like, looked at me. And I just feel like he was smiling. It was like, you know, like a kid on Christmas. Like, oh, God, look, at I'm going to kill this dude. Literally ran full speed into, like, a 350-pound dude and couldn't move him. Like, but I couldn't, you know, he's 70 pounds, like 50, 70 pounds more. Like, what am I going to do? But I didn't have to move him. I just had to get in his way. So the play worked. That was the last time we ever did that play. Not because we didn't do it well. It just, I just didn't think it was, you know, AD's, you know, style was not that play. What, you know, was, what, what was, was the block that you dreaded making most? What, what uh, was the Bob. player, the block that you just went like, I know I have to do this. I'm going to do this. But my God, I do not want to do this. Uh, Bob, because it was an ISO. It was just me going straight up, you know, like at an inside basically. Yeah. Locked out. And it was like a title. It was like an open lane. You know, it's like two cars just get out of your way and there's a truck coming towards you. Yeah, it's it's and that guy. It's the Oklahoma drill in live game. It's basically the Oklahoma drill. And yes, we didn't do a lot of it because we just didn't. But my runs at, at Penn State are off where the Bob. Yep. So it's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, it's, it was hard, but it it did work, you know, but a lot of it was cutbacks, mm-hmm. right? A lot, like if you look at our offense, like I don't think a lot of people know, but like our, a lot of our offense is made to, for cutback lanes. Um, most of the zones – that you see, you know, power is not a cutback play. It's guards pulling. Mm-hmm. You're going a gap or outside. You know, an outside handoff is an outside handoff. You're going outside. But a lot of those plays, like the Bob, you know, you 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 go on your path. When you get up, my coach was always get up on somebody's back or get on their heels and then cut back. You get the linebackers flying, and that's when you see a double team and a guy come off the double team. It could be guard, center, or, excuse me, or tackle guard, come off. You, you don't have they don't have to do anything and they just 
get in that guy's way and you're off to the races. So I think, you know, that was our offense. I think AD was ex- exceptional at that. I think Ronnie D was more of like a, you know, you're going to go to B gap and he would make it work. But I also felt a- like with, with Ron Dane, they were using a lot more single back stuff. They weren't utilizing a fullback as much as they were once they had you and then guys after you. I felt like that was almost more of a Paul Christ thing than it was. I mean, obviously, Chris was in the OC until you were what your senior year, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but even it, it was with Ron Dane. I felt like it was a lot of single back two tight ends kind of stuff. More so was, than it was, you know, a traditional pro set or I or I formation. Yeah. So Ronnie, you know, coach was always like, hey, AD, what do you want to run? You know, like, and he was one day was like, Ron was an A gap. He wanted to do the A gap, you know, the 22 zones. So the two gap is the A gap, basically. So the gap's next to the center. Um, and AD's like, no, 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 I don't like that. I, I'm more the B gap guy. You know, with it, it allows for just a different cutback angle, but Ronnie was definitely more downhill and less. I would say he did some amazing cutbacks, but not AD was like just fantastic at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, like Ron Dean, you're not going to like pitch him the ball for an outside pitch. No, you're like, not. And, and because because you're not utilizing his skill set the most, right? Uh, most right. effectively, you, you can there, right? Because it took Ron a, a couple more steps to get going. Than it did AD, right? So you know you don't want to have to wait for that to develop when you're getting. Also, to go sometimes, outside. you know, sometimes I think what makes you're letting the play develop. Mm-hmm. So like AD, I think had to slow down. That, that's what I mean. More yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 and like Ronnie could go his me like me. I could go my full speed. Like my back step during power because we always did like a back step to let kind of the guard get there. What's quick for AD? It was so. I bet he would felt like he was in mud when he did it. Um, but for me, it was quick because I'm not a fast dude. So I had to like. But you let the play, you let the guard, the fullback hit, the tight end, you know, um, block down. Sometimes the tight end blocked down. The the ends went outside, so that would be me to hit him, right? So like you let these things happen, and then you have a vision and you have really like a, a portrait of what you're gonna do at that point. I think Ronnie was just really good at taking a good angle, getting running backs to move. He had the line in front of him. And all these dudes are running so fast, the second he cut back, like, in an, a small A-gap cut, you know, for, for him was, like, to the races. Like, you're mm-hmm. now you got to truck stick somebody who's 100 pounds less than you in a corner. It was a joke. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, well, we're going to get out of here. One last question. Which who's your under the radar guy this season? So not Herbig, not Braylon Allen, not Graham Mertz, not Keanu Benton. Who is the under the radar guy that you are on the lookout for this season? You think is going to break through and be the next big thing? I mean, I want it to be DK. Okay, Shimmery DK. I like that. I like that. I want it. I, I always liked, I liked how up. Colin was telling us basically like he's like the vocal leader now, like there in the. I love that. Yeah. I love it. I, I always mess his name up because of Chikwe Obasi, who's mm-hmm. my boy. So I always say Chikwe DK, but that's completely wrong. So I'm sorry to both of you. Um, but I am excited to see what he can do. I think I think his progression and the guys in that room, that's hugely important. We got to see maybe some of those freshmen are playing this year. I don't know. And I like um, Jordan Turner. 
I, I feel like yeah, Jordan, such a nice, Jordan I, Turner I was on him. my short list. I met him. He was so nice. He was smiling the whole time. He met he met my family. Like he was just a good dude. And then he's like, "Man, I'm so excited for the season." And he saw the believe and was like, "You're on that show, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah. How are you? He's like, I follow you guys." So I find that to be so cool. Um, but I'm ex- you know I'm excited for the defensive guys. I'm excited to see. You know, I think that they do step up. I think there's not a lot of drop. No. You know, everyone says, oh, you lost all these good guys. Well, but yeah. But there's good guys right behind them. Yeah, like, but, that, but that's what good programs do. That's what happens yeah. at elite-level programs. And if Wisconsin wants to be an elite-level program, which we all believe that they can get there if the, you know, if, if they take certain steps when it comes to funding NIL, and we're going to have some guys on to talk about NIL here in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, and because that is changing the landscape of recruiting. How much, what, what can you better. offer guys off the field? You know, what kind of stuff can you offer guys off the field? So, but for me, uh, there's a couple guys, like the entire secondary is going to be new. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. interested to see, especially with the in, the unfortunate injury to Travion Blaylock. Looks like Hunter Wohler is... You know, it looks like it's going to be Hunter Wooler and John Torchio, but I am excited to see Kamoy Leitu, the Utah transfer, uh, step in at safety and see what he can do. Obviously, he's he's Herbie's guy. We know that they're, uh, you know, they go back, they play in the high school together, and he had, he, I mean, he was a freshman last year at Utah. He won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week one week. It had like twelve tackles, pass breakup, forced fumble. Like I think he's got potential. And the other guy I'm excited about is Daryl Peterson. At outside linebacker, I think that he's going to be the guy opposite of Herbig on clear pass rush situations. I mean, he, I believe he set the Ohio State record in high school for, it was either sacks in a season or career sacks. He had 24 sacks as a senior. Um, And he's, yeah, he just, he gets to the quarterback is really what it boils down to. I know he had a good spring. Him and TJ Bowler is the guys I'm really excited about. I'm a little bit in the bag for TJ. I had him on the podcast before you were my co-host. He was one of my favorite guys to talk to. And, and so I definitely root for TJ a lot. And, uh, you know, so we're going to be hoping that, the, you know, all those guys are able to uh, step up and show out. And I, I, I'm excited. Be... Obviously, this is the time of year, Burn, where there's more optimism than at any other point. Yes. I mean, listen, Yes, I I'm excited. You know, I think our team, you know, like everyone sitting out here, especially and me, too, is like, damn, we got to go to Ohio State fourth game. But I think our guys, when I was sitting in the locker room, you're like, hell, yeah, we're going there. Yeah, we get you know, like, to go to Ohio State for the fourth. Game, maybe right? may, yeah. listen, we've always we've been very competitive there um, throughout the years. We've, we've had a lot of success. Even Barry's like, you know, when we were there. We Ron they guess it was seven nothing and then they won by forty points. You know, we beat them in 04. We've just been successful against Ohio State. Not in the Big Ten Championship, but that's that game is not the Big Ten Championship right no, now. It's not. It's so we just need to focus game. on being one and oh in the Big Ten. I mean, obviously I'm nervous, I will have to admit it's a very nerve wracking game. It's at the big, you know, the big house. They're pretty awesome. Or the horseshoe. Yeah, say not the big um, house. It's the horseshoe, my friend. Not the big house. But the big house isn't the big house. It's the, you know, like Ohio State's the the big show there. But uh I mean, I think our guys, especially you have guys like Vocal, like 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 Herbig, that guy's ready. He wants to go play there. 
You know, and I think that's contagious. And we had guys like Dantes, who was from Ohio, who's like, we're going to go and whoop their butts. And you believe it. You start believing it. And that takes is a little bit of opening that door to confidence and to saying, these dudes are 22, 21, 20 years old, just like everyone in our room. Yeah. They work out. They go to school. Like they, they're not the NFL guys. They're not, they're not in the NFL. Like they're, now they're very good guys. Like I'm not saying yeah, they, not, I mean, they were obviously for the most cool. part, like higher ranked kids coming out of high school, kids who are considered to have, you know, maybe higher NFL upside, whatever. But, you know, they, they still put their pants on one leg at a time unless they're really special. Um, you know, they still they still need to sleep yes. every night. You know, if you cut them, they still bleed. So if it were up from my movie, you did it. It was if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yep. Predator. Just a, that's it. All day. Predator. Just yeah. get that mindset. Yeah. Well, also, don't be the you know, be the predator. Well, be Arnold. Yeah. Don't the the answer is always be the answer is always be Arnold. Be Arnold. Be Arnold. Watch Pumping Iron and just be like, wow, this dude is more confident than 300 people put together. Dude, I watched an interview with him recently where he was talking about why he still like lifts every single day. And I got chills watching him. He's it, the guy's like, so so why do you at your age still lift? He's like, he's like, what what you know, why do you still go to the gym every day? He's like, why do I wake up? Why do I breathe? <laughs> I was just like, oh dang. Why do I wait with the answer to why do you go to the gym every day? Why do I breathe? I I don't need to say anything else. Like I, you know, I'm not super into the to lifting culture, but my gosh, like that was that that made me like want to go. There's a Gold's Gym very close to me. That made me want to go to Gold's Gym, just get in a couple sets. Like ah, dude, did he? I think in Pumping Iron, he goes to Will. uh, Was it Will Ferrigno? Is that who it was? Will? Oh. I know exactly. I, I know uh, Lou yeah. Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, and he goes, "Hey, Lou. Ferragano, Ferragano, Lou Ferragano, right? Isn't it That's Ferragano his... or is it Ferrigno? I don't know. I think it's Ferrigno. Okay, I think so. He goes, "Hey, Lou, I called your mom. I told her I won. Like before this competition even starts, I'm, I'm like that is the epitome of confidence. Chip on your shoulder, like." The dude knew he won the second he he, he arrived. And I think it's – one, I think he was a freak of nature. But also the amount of work he put in during that film is like bananas. Yeah. Um, but I think our guys – I don't. we're not comparing our guys to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, well, I don't know. Iron. I don't know. Have you seen <laughs> Zay Mullins on the squat machine – out squatting? Because I think he could probably out-squat Arnold even at Arnold's peak. Um, I hope he can. He was doing, like, se- I, he was know, doing I, 700, I think. Yeah, I don't, I'm surprised they make bars who can even that can even hold this weight. Well, so that was interesting to me. I was watching the Nick Chubb video from the Browns, you know, and he had unbelievable. What kind a, of bar is that? But it's a flexible bar. It's so it's like yeah. like the bar like bends naturally because he was like a he was repping like six thirty five or something. It was silly. Yeah. But it's I, I guess it disperses the weight more easily or something. I have no idea. But it was a it was a flexible bar, and I have to imagine. We're supposed to get Costigan and Snee on here soon. Uh, we can ask them. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to hear what they what they think about that. But I think our guys, listen, you know, I, I think our guys are hungry. They're excitable. They're exciting to watch. You know, every year it's good quality football. You know, we're always going to be a leader in, in the West. It's We have Jimmy Leonard. We have Coach Chris. I think we got guys in the right places. We have a ton of alumni 
who have played football at Wisconsin, who are there coaching guys. So you know that they love it. Like, it's not like they like it a lot. This is where they, they built their careers. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of all of this, you mm-hmm. know, and all of this culture is so important to a football squad. And then you have guys like Nick Herbig who are just outspoken leaders who want to go do these things, who are going to get other people in a frenzy. I'm, I'm just, you know, th- to me, this team is a big question mark. I don't know. And I'm excited to watch and, and come on every week and really talk about it and figure out who, who this, who this team is and, and, and what they can accomplish. You know, I'm always 12 and 0, 13 and 0, 14 and 0. Like that's me. But I think this year's really, really exciting. I think it's exciting. I, I think it's exciting. Defense has to replace eight starters, so what? I can't believe I'm saying that, but honestly, at this point, with Jim Leonard, so what? He's been the D.C. for five years. For those five years, they finished in the top six nationally. And the and the quote-unquote down season, they finished in the top 30 nationally. So, like, I'm not well, listen, overly you got, Yeah, and all those dudes want to play for him, and it's not like the Look, Leo Chanel was probably the best, one of the best linebackers in the country last year, top five at least. He, he right? Was. So, like, the next guy could be the top 10 he just can't he's just not leo chanel so like we have dudes but that's the other thing though because no- the thing i trust in jimmy like like jordan turner is an outstanding coverage linebacker like he is um he's fantastic at coverage leo and jack that was not their strong suit i i have full confidence in jimmy to design a defense that maximizes those strengths so for sure it's really what it for boils sure. down to and it's going to come down to the offense and graham mertz and the offensive line I'm not worried about Braylon. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about the receivers that much. I trust Jim, the young guys. I think Skylar Bell, Marcus Allen, uh, Keontas Lewis, a transfer, Dean Ingram switching over from cornerback. There's a great piece over on Badger Blitz today. Um, a, a really interesting interview with Dean Ingram about the switch from corner to wide receiver and how that's helped him and how he also is pretty excited about playing for his dad, like under his dad. So, cool. you know, that that's pretty cool, cool too. So, I think that's going to do it for us here today. And we'll be back next week with an interview. Who have we got as a guest, Burn, next week? Is next next week, I think, is Shaber. Yeah. Matt Shaber. Matt Shaber. Yeah. So John Klingscale said he'd come on. So I'm really excited to yeah. uh, to get some dudes back on, hear their yep. stories. Cecil but also Martin, hear what they think about. Cecil Martin will be coming. And then yep. once we're in season, we are going to have uh, guys from the team being on game week and stuff like that. We've. You guys will be hearing a lot more Nick Herbig, so I hope you guys I hope you guys are looking forward to that. And uh, you know we're gonna try to bring some of these other guys in. I mean Jordan Turner, hopefully, definitely uh, Keanu Benton. Uh, you know uh, they're all at camp. So yeah, we they're can't, all at camp right we, now. We're not so messing with them after yeah. after after camp. Um, hopefully, Joe Thomas said he would jump on yep. after uh, Cleveland's camp. So I think it's gonna be another exciting season. It's a too. very exci- it's a very exciting season. <laughs> we're gonna have. Some guys return. We're definitely having B White back for, uh, you know, we just need uh, we just need a little bit more. We need to get to Fiji a a little bit more these days. So I think we're definitely going to be having B White back on, talk about some of the stuff that he's doing, and uh, you know, send us who you guys want to hear from. Obviously, you know, we do our best to bring in guys, but if there's someone you want us to uh, reach out to, let us know. Shoot us a DM, uh, Instagram. Uh, at Believe in Badgers, Twitter, at Believe in Badgers. And uh, until next time, this is the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. We'll catch you next time and 
on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.